When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, which is brought to you by the Influence Alliance, the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business while also launch and grow a successful podcast so they can make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, joining me on today's show is Anne Hill. And Anne says she has been there and done that. And through doing that and being there. She's created her own agency and is now helping other business owners create their agencies that allow them to thrive in their zone of genius. Now, business owners who work with Anne are able to provide the highest level of service to their clients, create a trickle-down effect. And happy and healthy CEO, well, guess what that means? It equals happy team, equals happy customers. Now, Anne is going to share the following things on our show. We're going to unpack this a bit today. The three keys to hiring the right people in your business, must do tips for preparing for onboarding new team members, as well as how to effectively delegate. And I'm sure lots of other great things in between that conversation. Welcome, Anne. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are welcome. Really looking forward to uh, to unpacking this conversation because, uh, you know, we can talk about all of the success principles and strategies and tactics and all of that. But as solopreneurs, uh, coaches and consultants, there comes a time where to build our business, we need to be able to onboard team members. And then we're talking about an agency. And of course, an agency is where you have a lot of team members helping customers and there needs to be things in place. There needs to be certain mindset, all of that. Uh, I'm sure that where you are today is because you're now providing the support that you probably really required as you were growing. So tell us, take us back to that journey where you started to create your business and then you had an agency. What was that for you? Can you give us a bit of a snapshot overview? Yeah, I definitely can. And in fact, I, um, I'll even start with the fact that I didn't really think I wanted an agency. I didn't really know what my goal was in my business when I first started. I knew that I wanted to to have a business. I knew I wanted to help business owners, but I didn't necessarily know what I was exactly working towards. Um, And so when I first was kind of exploring the online space and really seeing what all was out there, um, I basically did a lot of a little bit in a lot of different areas of business, basically. Um, You know, I started off as what I classified as a general VA and just was like, who needs help? What can I figure out? And and let me dive in and and get my hands dirty and let's do it. Um, So I definitely learned a lot about the back end of businesses. And in that um, journey and in the work and in the experience that I had, I really realized that I 
Um, I thrive on the operations side. I thrive on the back end of businesses where most people don't want to do anything with it. They, they don't like it. They don't want to think that way. They don't want to, you know, look at the processes, especially visionaries that really are growing and, and establishing their own business. Um, like the last thing that they think about is, well, how do I put these processes together? And I'm like, ooh, let's dive in and see what we can do here. So, um, so I really found this this space in the, in the operation space, and um, and I've I went through a director of operations certification, and and uh, found numerous other people that think like me too. It was like my people, yay! Um, but <laughs> yeah. um, but in that, I noticed that um, that business owners just they, especially like you said, when creating an agency, um, and as I did mine. Um, I classified it as an accidental agency. I didn't really intend on creating the agency, but it was like, oh, okay, well, I'm I'm good at what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about, and I enjoy providing this service. But I'm limited on my time. I can only do so much. Um, but I wanted to continue to grow, uh, so I started to look for others that could help support me and my business, but be a little bit behind the scenes. Yes. But then I realized, okay, well, that's good to an extent. But it's still, I'm limited on what I can do with my clients because it's based around my capacity of meeting with them and schedules with them and that sort of thing. So then I realized, okay, well, the, growing my team is helpful, but it's still not helping me get out of the in and at, the in in the day to day in the business. So how do I get myself out of the day to day in the business? And that's when it turned into more of the the accidental agency, where I was like, oh, okay, so actually I'm going to train up my team, but I'm then going to turn them client facing too, and they're going to start working with these clients and having meetings with these clients, and I'm still going to be having a feel of what's going on. I'm still going to have a pulse on my business but I'm not going to be meeting with the clients every single time I meet with them once a month on average. Um, and then the rest of them that my team members meet with the clients and it's not me meeting with them. So um, it allows the work to be done. It allows us to know what's going on. We do on our end, we do, you know, our own team meetings to make sure that everything's happening effectively and efficiently for our business, um, the clients that we have. Um, but it's, it allows me to grow the agency and grow the business that I'm working with without it necessarily taking all of the time um, on, in my day to be yes. doing everything. Which is what every business owner really needs to do, isn't it? The goal, <laughs> once they get started, is to hire a team and make it so that you're no longer really required, which then allows you to work on the business development side of things, yeah. yes. um, which always, you know, requires additional support, uh, evolution, all of those different things as you bring that forward. I love, and I, I knew that there was a reason why I asked you that, that question. And I, I had a feeling that it would be an accidental because <laughs> they're the type of people that I kind of love hanging out with too. The the reason they're now sharing the story, their journey, their methodologies that they've created are because they accidentally generated those to overcome issues and problems that they were faced with or better ways of doing yeah. things. And yeah. now we realize, hey, there are other people just like me who are actually starting the journey. If I had have been given these steps early on, imagine what would be possible but a lot of times we've given we're here now because we then go forward and, and support others in that right what would you say and I know there's so many different areas but 
if you were to look over some of the key things that you've put into place, and I know we're going to talk about the keys of hiring the right people, and that's all really important. But one of the things that I think that that allows all of those other things that you're going to talk about to fall into place and to really work, there are some other things that have had to be in place that you've worked on even if it's a mindset kind of thing as well or both, that you look back on, you said these were really crucial and I can see that once I started that, the rest of these things then allowed to be put into place. Are there any insights and ahas that you've had along the way? Yeah, and this is going to sound probably similar to what a lot of people say with regard to growing businesses, but it's really knowing and understanding the numbers of what what's going on in your business, mm-hmm. um, especially even more so when you're looking at an agency. Um, because, yeah, especially in the service-based industry side of it, I don't necessarily have the cost of product overhead, and I don't necessarily have the cost of like building overhead and office space and that sort of thing. But I do have profit margins that I have to be aware of. Um, If I have a team member, whether it's a contractor, whether it's an employee, there's profit margins there that I need to be aware of to make sure that the the client, what the client is being charged is essentially going all out the door to meet the team member to doing it. So, um, So I have to be mindful and aware of, okay, well, how much time and energy are we putting into this, the client work and how much time and energy goes into the team member doing that work? And then on top of that, what am I still doing with that too? Because in reality, there's an element of with every client that we work with that I still am touching in some way. Um, and so, you know, I still need to be aware and, and um, understand what those numbers are. And I need to be mindful of that, not only when we're, necessarily quoting a client on something um, or a project, but also just in general of, you know, where are we sitting month to date? Where are we sitting year to date? Where are we sitting this quarter? Those sort of things on on the numbers in the business. Um, and profit tends to be one of the big ones, the profit margin, because obviously if we're not profitable, then then we don't really have a very successful yeah. business, but uh, so. And it's also um, not something that many people talk about because, and I've, you know, I've got, had some amazing clients who have been um, CFOs and they, uh, we often hear in business that we, we talk about, well, how much did that launch generate and how much money did right. you But really the figure that you should be most looking at is the profits because you could have a million dollar launch, but your costs were a million plus, you know, and that way the profit. And and especially with service-based businesses, I think often, and I'm the same, my husband will say, well, how long is it and how long are you going to be? Five minutes. You know, I just, oh, this is one of your five Three hours later, you come back out of your office. (laughs) It always takes longer. And, you know, when you were sharing that, it reminded me of when I was back, I was only, you know, in my early 20s. 20, so quite some time ago, I must say, but we worked for a product manufacturing company. And I remember we were manufacturing these little gazebos made of shade cloth and you had your components, but there was just something that wasn't adding up. And one of the project managers um, said to me, would you cost that for me? So what I actually did, and I'm going to ask you, what are some of the things that we need to consider when we're costing it? I actually sat down with one of the, the fabrication managers and I went through what are the stages that you go through, how what components components, how long should it take? And as I costed it out and added it all up, we realized we were selling it wholesale. We were manufacturing for someone else. 
at a cost that far outweighed what we were charging. And that was why the figures weren't adding up. So similarly, we may have a client in an agency and if we're charging out to say $100 for the sake of it, but in actual fact, it's taking a lot longer because we hadn't budgeted it in certain things, then at the end of the day, the profits are well, they're not going to show. So when you're thinking about that, that then, what are some of the things, the components that we have to look at when we're kind of going through the structure of pricing and and what we need to look out for? Are there some key factors that we need to write down and say, you have to monitor these regularly? Well, there's definitely the awareness of just what your fixed costs are. So whether that's the tech tools, whether that's your web hosting, whether that's a certain platform, if you have a program or a course or something like that, there's typically fixed costs that you have in your business. Um, and then you also have to take those fixed costs because a lot of times people will say, okay, you want your, if you're, you know, an example that I, I hear a lot and in all honesty, it's fairly accurate. Um, when you're bringing on, <clears throat> excuse me, contractors potentially in an agency, you know, no more than 30% of what you're bringing in should go to that contractor is, is a number that I hear fairly often. And I would say there is some truth to that, but you also want to be aware of, um, you know, that contractor coming in, <clears throat> excuse me, that contractor coming in, they, um, they basically didn't do any sales or marketing for that client coming in. They didn't, they aren't providing the tech tools and the, the systems and that sort of stuff. Like those are costs that you as the business owner are taking on and bringing in the help for them to provide the service. But, um, but there are elements that, uh, that don't go into that contractor or that subcontractor doing the work that you as the business owner are going to be still footing the bill for essentially. Yes. Um, and so keeping some of those things in mind of just what are my fixed costs monthly and then what is it costing for this client? What did I quote them at? Is that a monthly fee with them? Is it a project fee? How long do I estimate this project taking? And you know, if you were to divide that, if you say it's going to be a three month project and say you charge them $10,000, then divide it by three months and kind of estimate in your head of where you should be sitting per month um, to be bringing in and what you should be potentially putting paying out for somebody else to yes. be doing that work. Yeah, good things to consider because, you know, if I recall a couple of conversations I had with a, a colleague who won a, a contract and it was a very good contract, but with things that are on her plate, she needed to have alongside her a team member who would work and did a lot of the support and so forth. And she, she ended up saying, I actually paid my contractor more than I had budgeted for because I think sometimes we all do this, although we probably shouldn't, we may spend a little bit more time with our customers because we just want to do that. But of course, if you're paying a team member to do that, they are going to charge you and rightly so, isn't right, it? Because right. you've onboarded them and you've asked for their support. And these are the kind of things that, you know, if they happen just once, is it slipping through the crack and are we taking on too much time or not allowing too much time? So these are all very important things to think of because, you know, you're right, you could take on extra team members, but at the end of the day, it's actually costing you to take those um, team members in place. So let's have the right things in place. Let's <laughs> know our numbers. Um, let's talk then about uh, hiring the right people in your business with the mindset of that these people are eventually going to be customer facing because I think there's a difference between hiring team and then hiring team and letting them connect directly with your oh, yeah. customers. There's yeah, a lot definitely. of in that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you have to feel, um, I mean, you have to feel 100% confident in these people being able to 
um, you know, speak your brand, speak your business and, and feel comfortable with you not being a part of those meetings um, and, and really truly trust those people. Um, I'm not gonna tell you it comes overnight either. It typically takes some time to build that rapport and that relationship and really feel like you can let go, um, which is a little bit of the mindset side that you had mentioned earlier. Um, there's, in fact, I would say when it comes to bringing on team members, whether they are in an agency and will eventually be client facing, or if it's even just bringing on team members and you're delegating to them, um, work that needs to be done in your business, there is a mindset side that has to be dealt with first and foremost before you can ever really move into that next step of growing and scaling your business. Um, going from that solopreneur to that first hire is probably the biggest part of it. But then um, I would say that I wouldn't actually, I don't know if I would classify that as the biggest part of it now that I just said that. Um, I think that is the first hurdle that you're going to run into. But the biggest um, part to really let go of is really when you have another expert that you're bringing in and, mm -hmm. and expecting that expert to really follow your strategies, follow your systems, follow everything that you have created in your business. Um, a lot of times what, what I think of is uh, like if there's an ads agency and they might have another ad account manager that that is you know creating ads for a client. Um, but at some point, the business owner isn't going to be able to be the only expert in the business. At yeah. some point, you're going to need to bring in other experts that are, are skilled in those same areas as you, as the business owner and as the service that you provide. Um, I see this with business. Um, I've seen it with a couple of business coaching um, people that I've worked with or had been had had as mentors, that sort of thing, where at some point for them to grow their business, they had to bring in another coach. Um, because there's only so much time that one person has available. Um, and so if they want to continue to grow in a certain way in their business and provide a service a certain way, another expert is needed. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really the biggest hurdle is when you finally are, are at a point where you're like, I need another expert, but there's going to be a whole mindset side of, is somebody else going to be able to do this and still stay on brand and still speak the way that I would and support the clients the way that I would. Um, and, and I would answer that to say, yes, you can find that right person. It may not happen overnight, but you will find that right person um, if that's how you're wanting to grow your business. Yeah. One of the key things I think that when you're thinking about any team member or even, as you say, onboarding an expert who is very much going to take the role of working with clients, but, you know, client facing with coaching and so forth is, and, and I'm going to ask you insight on this, but one of the things that comes up for me because I've also seen this as, as well, is that often the area where there could be an issue is because there hasn't been clear communication on what what are our oh, yeah. core values. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? What is being on brand? What are the expectations? Now, of course, everyone brings their own personality style to that, but everyone oh, yeah. is still on the same page, isn't it? Would you say that often the issue is because there is no clarity, there is no definition of, you know, what is good or, or what is excellence? This is what we're achieving and that needs to be documented and really communicated regularly to the team? Yeah, and also reviewed and updated as things change and as businesses evolve and that sort of stuff too. Um, but yeah, communication is critical when as soon as you bring on anyone else on your team, setting communication um, expectations of even how, when, where to communicate, but then also 
setting just those, like you're saying, the expectations of what the job description is, what the yeah. role is, what the expectation of where they should be after 30 days, after 60 days, after 90 days, um, but really clarifying and giving them metrics to really measure, are they being successful? Are they meeting the needs of the business the way that you need them to? Um, yes. There's so many different ways that you can dive into that that whole process of of onboarding a new team member and also of just setting up those those um, the structure really is what it is. The structure of, of how you're hiring, who you're hiring, when you're hiring, all of that sort of stuff. And, uh, and I love the way that you were saying, you know, when you started to onboard team members, that could be great. But you get to a point where you actually look at, well, hang on, now I've actually become a project manager of all of this team, which yeah. is a whole other issue. Yeah. And I'm kind of because <laughs> you think that, but then you can hire someone that's that's facing, that's also internal customers you know, your team facing. Right, right. And there's qualities of people too um, that some are just, that are just made up that way. They're, you know, they're gifted, they're created that way to, to do that. What are some of the things that you have found to be really helpful when you're thinking of attracting the right type of people for the right role? What are some of the things that you've seen work really well and that you do? So as a business owner, it is critical that you have a good, clear understanding of who you are as a business, who, what your brand is as a business, and also what your values are as a business. Um, if you know where you're trying to get to and where that vision is, and you can clearly describe that to somebody else, they're either going to be on board with that or they're not going to be on board with it. The ones that are on board with it, those are the, the people that you want to keep talking to. And then when you also find that you have um, similar values for what your business stands for and, and also how those people are and what they value in life, in their work relationships and that sort of stuff, um, when you have similarities there, that those are another area that's going to be critical that you make sure match and that they blend together um, so that you're bringing on the right team members in your business and that there is that potential of if and when they need to become client facing, that they're going to be following those same, you know, the mission, the same vision that you have in your business. And they're going to be speaking the same language um, because yes. they're they're bought into what it is that you're doing and what you're growing in your business. So, yeah. Yeah. And what would you say? And I know that you said we're going to you're going to share three keys to hiring the right people in your business. So if uh, you've, you've still got, if we haven't covered some tips, because I know we've got <laughs> information, I kind of I'm so into I mean, this kind of stuff just fascinates me. I can geek out about all of this. And I've just recently um, done a little bit from the experience that I've had. Um, and, you know, thank thank goodness I've got some really great team members working with me, me now. And I've learned, you know, so much along the way of probably things not to do. And, and it all right, stopped, right. the fuck always stops with me. If there's a bottleneck, it's because I have caused it because I haven't followed <laughs> something through. So we, we can't blame our team members really. And that's what we're talking about. You know, as a business owner, we need to get that clarity first. We need to get things in place. But when we're talking about onboarding or preparing to onboard, what can we do? Because we can find the right person who just loves the vision and who could be a really, you know, fantastic asset. And it could be fantastic, but there could be some things that are not in place that we could end up losing them. So talk about some of the things that you've seen work well when it comes to onboarding. So the first thing that I would really say there is um, have an understanding of what it is that you're needing help with, what it is that you're needing support with. So um, one thing that I have done in the past and have recommended to, to numerous um, business owners that I've worked with is it's 
I just call it, it's a ger generic name. I call it a time study where you're basically just seeing what is it that you're spending your time doing during your day. Um, and about every half hour or so during your like work hours, you want to keep track of what it is that you're doing. Are you doing sales skill tasks? Are you on a sales call? Are you doing website work? Are you following up with email customer service type stuff? Are you scheduling things? What are, what is it that you're doing? Are you invoicing clients? You know, little notes of what it is that you're doing. I tend to recommend doing at least three days of that. If you are, you know, super gung ho and are able to do five days of it, even better um, to really see what it is and how you're spending your time in your business. Um, but from there, you can get a good especially right off the bat, if you are, you know, looking at your first or second hire, you can get a good grasp of what are the things, the, the tasks, what is the work that I really don't need to be doing and that it is repeatable and there are things that others could be taking off of my plate. Um, yes. So that's a good way to start off, even just getting that kind of baseline list of what are some of the things that I need help with. And then from there, you can even look at it and see, are there similarities here? Is it, are all of these things, having to do with bookkeeping, accounting, invoicing, that sort of stuff in the financial realm. Are all of these things having to do with sales that, or, or marketing type tasks? Are they all creative things? Are they all administrative type things? But then you can start to see what are the similarities here and how can I kind of group some of these things so that someone potentially would have this sort of a skill set. Um, yes. And then you would be starting to look for people as you're putting your job description together and that sort of stuff. Um, which definitely is recommended that it, yes, I have seen, and I'm sure numerous people have seen those posts out there where it's like, I need a VA tomorrow. Like, you know, it's like, well, <laughs> give me a little more information here. Exactly. What is your business? What is it that you stand for? What sort of help do you need this VA to be doing? You know, there's so many different things out there and, and people specialize in so many different areas. And yeah. sometimes it is great to have that generalist, but other times it's really more beneficial for you to have the specialists in a few different areas and maybe have two people doing fewer hours for you, but having people that actually enjoy and know what they're doing in yeah. those areas to be most beneficial for you. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? I remember years ago, I've, I've been very fortunate throughout my life when I it, when I was in a paid job, worked for smaller businesses, which meant we were able to see and participate, you know, do tasks across the, the entire spectrum of, of the business. And one of those things, and I was really interested is, you know, human behaviour and just what made people tick, you know, why mm -hmm. is some people work really well in that role and not in others? And we realised that there are some, the personality, the makeup of that person, you know, resonates more to one particular task. And I've even noticed it in myself too. I, I'm one of those people that will work for a set amount of time and I'm just on, you know, focused, at, but then I have to, to, to leave because I cannot be working at that level um, consistently. And, and so what I need to be mindful of is to watch the conversations and the interaction, even online, because that will wear me out if I don't have a break, if I don't have that time, you know, freedom yeah. of, of just being able to sit in my own thoughts. And I share that because, you know, as, t as, as business owners, we need to know where we work really well. Who do we need on our team? Is someone else that can can be the completely the opposite of, of me, but then add value? Because so often we think that we we 
want to hire people who are very much like us, which we don't actually, because then that, you have yeah, a lot of people. Say, who actually, we don't gaps, recommend that. Yeah. So speak a bit more about that. That's important to recognise because, you know, right person, right role, right structure, they don't have to work for eight hours or whatever. It's just finding a blend that works really well, isn't it? Yeah, and you want, in all honesty, you want somebody that is not your mini, the mini me. Like you really don't want someone exactly like you. You want somebody that will compliment you um, and that has some additional skill sets and characteristics that might, not be the same as you and that that are like you said not necessarily polar opposite but like are going to be different um in all honesty there's a level of support that you want in your business at some point that's going to challenge you a little bit too like you don't want somebody to just say yes to everything that you that you say and that you put out there you want somebody that might question it a little bit and and you and i mean not in a an inappropriate way but but like you want somebody that says you know i think that's a great idea but should we do that right now? Or do you think that might make more sense for us to plan out in Q3 or Q4? Or that's a great idea for the next launch, but it might not be the right thing to add to the launch that starts in a week. You know, something like that. Um, just looking strategically at the business and and giving a little bit of a different perspective, um, yeah. I think is very beneficial and valuable at, at a certain level of the business that yeah. you need. I think that's that important, isn't it? Yeah. If you're working with someone from a point of view of operations and the technician, the person who's doing things behind the scenes, you, you work with the visionaries, isn't it? And it's always like, hang on, we just need to bring it down. Right. We, I know you want to build the Titanic, but let's start off with that, you know, 12-foot yacht first. Let's get that going first and then we can build the Titanic. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I know what that's like. And you know what? I think once we recognize that and we give ourselves permission to, well, let's just laugh about it a little bit. And, you know, when you can remind me, because I'm a bit like that. Let's do this and this. And I remember a colleague saying, yep, that's great, Anne-Marie, but let's just focus on what, we, yep, okay. <laughs> you know? um, and you find a way to work that way, I think is important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, you'll it all end up, unfortunately, all kind of going around and, and around. I think, as we said before, communication is really important and having um, some, well, not, not, not rules, but specifications, if you will, expectations. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. The amount of times that I have, um, someone's mentioned something to me, oh, that's a really great idea. And then all of a sudden, once we start mapping out, and I, and I think, oh my goodness, I thought it was only going to be this amount, but all of a sudden it is like a Titanic. I, I think we need to do a recheck and see, let's see if we can come to some common ground, mm -hmm. you know, these things are regularly need to, to be checked. So when we look at then uh, we've onboarded team and we want to maintain that this team is working well together, what do you see working really well as, as, as team getting together? Not that you have to have the whole team going together, you know, the administrative tasks, the team and so forth, but maybe from an operations point of view, you would. What are some things that have worked well as far as regular team meetings, getting together, expectations, how are things going? What's working well? So I do definitely um, 
feel like a meeting with the team at, at least every couple weeks, if not every week, is beneficial because it is needed for people to just remember, oh, there is another side of the business other than exactly what I'm doing here. Like, I, you know, you want to make sure that they know as a whole what direction is the business going, where where are we, you know, shifting, where are we potentially pivoting, where are we staying the course, and um, and just getting a feel of exactly what everybody's working on and how you can support each other. Um, you know, oh, you've got this you know, website that's going out on Thursday. Let's, you know, make sure that we are, are there to support the behind the scenes side of it if anything needs to happen or if there's a launch coming up that you want to be make very mindful of um, just the added elements that go into that and the people that are in it a lot more than potentially others that are not as involved in those areas of the business. Um, so there's there's definitely the need for people to just have that broad understanding of, what's going on, what, how can we help support you? How can I potentially, you know, not add five more things onto your plate when you are already going to be working until midnight because of this launch anyways, like that sort of stuff to be thinking of and being mindful of. Um, and, and then also as a, like I said, where I, my team and I, we work in kind of that management level role when we're in businesses that we're working in. And so a lot of what we are doing behind the scenes too, is having some of those just quick, whether it's a message on Slack, whether it's an actual meeting, um, whether it's email communication or Voxer communication, depending on the business on how things are, are designed for the communication methods. But um, those are just some of the different ways that, that we will communicate with team members, but we'll be checking in with them more often, um, typically at least weekly, if not a couple times throughout the week of, hey, how's it going? How did this work out for you? How'd that sales call go that you had? Um, you know, any, anything extra that we can do, or was there any area that you feel like you need additional training? Is there any area where you're feeling like you're getting stuck? You know, we're checking in with the team members just to make sure that they're feeling supported, that they're feeling heard, that they're feeling valued. Um, and just, and then of course, communicating anything that needs to be communicated back to the business owner on, on areas where potentially additional training might be needed or, um, or areas where, hey, this went amazingly and did you know X, Y, and Z happened and this is the person that was responsible for making that happen and did you see how well this customer response was and this testimonial that we got out of it because of this happening and, you know, so we're, you know, kind of behind the scenes shifting and moving things around and um, checking in with people, um, but that, that level of support helps the business as a whole and helps, oh, it helps does. the business grow. It does. You know, I've heard, and you mentioned uh, one of those tools is Slack, and I've heard of that, about it for a while. And uh, it's been probably in the last couple of months that we've integrated that into our um, team communications too. I have to say, I love it. I love it. And one of the reasons <laughs> is because there's a private messenger aspect. So you can talk privately to team. But yeah. then they can also have um, what are the categories or so forth where you get a number Channels of different is what they call them. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, particularly we've got for the podcast network, we've got someone who, and you've probably connected with her, Mira. She's just relatively new, you know, doing amazing work and, and our editor and so forth. Now where our editor is, he's in um, South Africa. They're having issues with their, um, electricity where it's cut mm -hmm. off to, to there's a certain term and and there's been times where he just hasn't been able to connect and so you know I can see them having conversations between the two of them and and so forth and it's a great tool and, it, and again it's finding what works for the company isn't it and then you know you know leveraging it um, as best as as possible so there's that involved as well there's you know the team we talked about but there's also technology 
Oh, and yeah, would you definitely. say, because I think sometimes, and, and this is, uh, you know, as a business owner who is very much a visionary, I've, pro- I've done so many time management courses trying to fit my own style of whatever that is <laughs> that I end up with a system, the time management system that I've learned, taking way more time for me to actually implement the system than how can I find a system that works and adopt it in the best way? And I guess that's leading to the question of someone such as yourself, um, that's why one of the reasons, one of the added benefits, isn't it, to you to be able to recognise, well, look, these tools work really well for the kind of style and who you are and and where you see your business going to because there's a lot of tools out there that we may not realise can work well as well. Yeah. There's, there's too many tools in all honesty. I think sometimes people get overwhelmed with just how much is out there. And, um, so one thing that I wanted to emphasize just with regard to Slack and communication and that sort of stuff is that there is a difference between, um, project management tools and communication tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the, the lines can get blurred a little with what goes where, Um, But it it is critical to have a good understanding of if it's something related to a specific task, a specific project management item, that communication for those tasks go typically in a project management tool. Um, Something like that. That's not like what we're talking about. Versus some sort of a side conversation and just checking in on or or even sometimes it's like, hey, did you notice that I posted something in? click up or did you check the messages or check the tasks that I just put in there type thing um, for people to know, but, but for people to know and understand and differentiate like communication tools versus project management tools and, and the need for both in various businesses and, and then knowing what needs to go where and making sure there's a clear understanding of that with the team. Um, Because very often I have seen, unfortunately, times when I've come in and tried to clean up a little bit with it, um, where, you know, Slack becomes where everybody communicates for project management tasks, for what updates on what's going on, statuses of things. And it's like, it it can get very hard to know what's going on and where things are happening versus keeping track of some of that status update type stuff in your project management tool. Um, Makes so much sense. Because that would be something that you might put on a team training portal to say, this is where we do our project management. This is where, you know, what is it? Define it and establish the the boundaries, establish the expectations. And I think then when you onboard people, they naturally can then um, take that on on board. We have just scratched the surface. I know. <laughs> I mean, I out because, you know, I love all of these things, the tools and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it, it, and it's all about, as I said, it's all about that kind of, I, I call it layered learning and then putting the foundations across. Yes, we want to build the Titanic, but how about building a really good solid yacht and then adding the pieces that work for us? Because I'm sure you've seen that there are some some, you know, wonderful tools out there that work really well, that aren't necessarily the all of the bells and whistles, but sometimes you can adopt some of these big tools that end up, you they manage you, if that makes sense, rather than being yeah. helpful, they hinder you, can't they? So yeah. there's a, a clear balance that's needed for that or understanding anyway. Yeah, and I typically will um, start off with a business on seeing, you know, what is it that they currently are using and is what they're using working for them? Um, because if it's working for them, then obviously we don't want to make major changes to that. But if it is not working for them, that's when we look at it and go, okay, what exactly is it that we need this to do for you? How do we best need this to serve you as the business owner? 
and how do we best need this to serve the team so that everybody knows what's going on. Um, and then from there, we start to look at the different options and the different tools that are out there. But yeah, I actually also feel like a lot of times the all-inclusive tools, um, the like one and done type stuff, typically nothing's that good, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I haven't found one that is just the ultimate everything is included and it does everything that I want. Um, it seems like there's always something that is like not quite where I wish it was or um, a certain platform is a little bit better than another type thing. Um, so, so I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to have a few different pieces, but mm -hmm. I also think it's important to be looking at, especially in the technology side of it, um, looking at what is potentially allowing for automations and, and streamlining some of the processes and what doesn't allow for automations. Um, because there, there is, and there are ways to automate still while still including like human touch and human yes. contact and not automating it to the point that you're never communicating yeah. with a person. Yeah. There's a balance um, there and that yeah. balance is dependent on a, a number of different things. Yeah. Uh, one, one tip, what would be one, one final tip that you would share around effectively delegating other than just get out of your own way and do it? <laughs> I mean, you know, get over yourself. You can. Yeah. But what would be some, you know, one, one tip that you would leave people with when it comes to effectively delegating? I think the other than the mindset side of it, like we talked about earlier, because they're definitely the first part of, of delegating and effectively delegating truly is having the mindset that that you, number one, are willing to let go. And number two, that somebody else can do it probably as well as you, maybe even better than you, if that's their only focus. So um, just something to kind of keep in mind that um, when it's not my zone of genius, I guarantee you somebody's going to do it better than me. So when it comes yes. to marketing, it's somebody's going to do it better than me. It's just how it goes. It's marketing is not my zone of genius. Um, so being open to that, first of all, and then second of all, when delegating, focus on the outcome and focus on giving somebody a little bit of that kind of decision making autonomy of in that task that you're delegating to them. Um, don't set up your circle or your, or your, your delegation and your, your, um, systems in a way that it's always circling back to you as the business owner, okay. um, because that's never actually going to get you out of doing it. If it's always circling back to you needing to verify and you needing to move things to the next step. Yes. Yes. Get yourself out of the circle, right out of the yeah. circle. Yeah. <laughs> Which is true because otherwise if you've got 10 team members and it's all, so every single delegation circles back to you, again, you become the bottleneck. Um, yeah. Circle it. Circle, put yourself outside that circle. Yeah, and, exactly. <laughs> um, them to be able to do that. Of course, if there's something that needs to be addressed, they know that they can connect with you. But um, great, great tips. And as we said before, we've just scratched the surface. We could probably talk for a whole, full eight hours and then unpack so <laughs> much more. Uh, but uh, I know that you've uh, taken some time out of your evening to be with us today. So if people want to find out more about you, the services, the support, all of that, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yes. Yeah, so my website, hilltopoperations.com is definitely the easiest way to um, find me. And you can, uh, there's a spot if anybody has any questions, obviously you can book a call there. There also is a, a free hiring playbook if people have any questions on kind of going through those first few hires and what you're looking for and, and that sort of stuff, feel free to, um, you can download that off of the, yeah. the website too. 
one thing I was going to say, and I say this with a little bit of humour, it's like when you you know you go to um, uh, a stylist or you clean before the cleaner comes. You right, know, right. <laughs> some people I bet you that it's one of the biggest blocks for people that do that. It's like, oh, I'm too embarrassed to, to talk to Anne if she really could see what was going on behind the scenes. But it's just like every single one of us has some messy drawer or whatever, maybe lots of messy drawers. You've probably <laughs> seen it all, but that's your zone of genius, isn't it? You can get out there and rummage through that, get it all sorted and, and all of that. So there's no embarrassment or shame or anything like that, is there, when we Oh, no, it. not at all. I, I love diving into to it all. and, um, yeah. and Messier sometimes the better, although, you know, uh, but but I, we get it. So um, don't be embarrassed because, you know, it, the, the difference between where we are now to where we have a vision of where we want to grow our business really relies on all of the things that we spoke about today, isn't it? Getting it up, set up. Because once you, we set it up, then because that system is there, we're able to streamline it and there's some, you know, some real structure to it, we can then continue to onboard a lot easier. Would you say that often the, the most difficult time is onboarding that first team member? Then it gets a little bit easier. I mean, there's obviously additional challenges that come with it, but navigating through that first one can often be a bigger challenge. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Because typically there are things that you're realizing, oh, I didn't remember to grab this form or, oh, I didn't remember that this should have been in the contract or, you know, there, you learn from every, every mistake you make with hires, unfortunately, you, you learn from them. So, um, and, and then you make sure that the next time that we don't repeat that same process with it and, and, you know, or potentially yeah, that's like another rule time. for the rule book, you know, yeah, or, or potentially come tax time where you need to have all these forms from people and you're like, oh, whoops, I should yeah. have collected that six months ago when they started with me, huh? No, so, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing too. <laughs> oh, fabulous. Yeah, so it happens to the best of us, but um, you look, that's <laughs> part of business, isn't it? And uh, so it's great. So people people such as yourself are, are the complementary to the visionaries, the dreamers, you know, and goes hand in hand. And for you, you love working with the dreamers because they're throwing all the ideas and then you compartmentalizing and getting all yes. the systems and the structures in place, yep, and which exactly. allows you to then grow the business. So <laughs> match made in heaven, so to speak. Well, <laughs> thank you for sharing your zone of genius with us and giving some insights. I know it's going to be valuable for people. And of course, they've now got your details on how best to connect if they can see that they need an Anne and an Anne's team um, alongside them to take that business to the next level. So thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.